Hi everybody, Paul here. How do you get your news? What sort of media do you turn to when you want to find out what's happening in the world? Now, for some of us, that means going to outlets, cable news networks, different places that, that only share news that sort of leans toward our mindset and our propensity for belief systems. For some of us, maybe it's, it's political leaders we follow. Uh, we've determined that most media outlets won't give us truth. Some of us see our friends share something on social media and we retweet it or repost it or share it without ever really checking to see if it's true because the content fits our belief system. These are all very unhealthy ways of looking at news and truth and facts. But it is hard and all of us have been duped maybe one time or another of reposting or commenting on or liking or sharing or retweeting something that ended up not being true, particularly because we have enemies of our country trying to disrupt us as a people by putting out divisive information. So it's never been more important for people and I would say particularly Christians to seek truth. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. And it says, whatsoever is true and lovely and pure, think on those things. Truth matters, not finding things that support my position, but actually Romans 12, 2 tells us to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And I think to have our minds renewed, our belief systems have to be challenged on a regular basis so that we can know, as Romans 12, 2 says, what is the good and acceptable will of God in the season. In other words, if we're only hearing things from our bubble, we might get trapped into believing something that's not true. So how do we know the information from the media we're getting is true? Well, there's a man named Jim Boren that runs an institute at uh, California State University, Fresno, that has some tips for us of how to find out what is true, how to read something in the media or hear it on cable news and compare it to other resources to find out if it is in fact true and lovely and good and will lead us not to our own belief systems and reinforcing our bubble, but helping us to know what is right and good and thus lead us to the perfect will of God for our lives. So I sat down and had a conversation via Zoom with Jim Boren recently, and I found it fascinating to look at and challenge myself as I'm choosing media to find out what is true and not just what I want to hear. And as we're listening to this, I'm going to challenge you to think about what is your regular media that you go to, and can we disrupt that? I'm going to call it My Media Fast and challenge everyone to go find not the polar opposite of what you normally listen to, but something more in the middle that will say some things that will challenge some of our beliefs. Would you be willing to do a media fast? As you'll hear in this podcast with Jim, as a pastor, I sometimes challenge people who were listening to a lot of, particularly in those days, right-wing media, and it was causing them to have a lot of angst and fear and anger towards people. And I would say, would you do me a favor and fast from that media for a week? And let's see if you feel better. And I can tell you 100%, everybody that did it felt better 
after the week of the fast. I wrote a blog about this, uh, about myself. It was my own story when I stopped listening to right-wing media, Rush Limbaugh. The blog is called, I, I Was Healed of a Rush Limbaugh Addiction, which of course is a little bit of a ironic title to get people to read. But I am of a belief system that if you are choosing media that only says your side is right and the other side is wrong or even worse, what we hear from a lot of media is the other side is just purely evil. You're not getting truth and your spirit's not getting fed with what is right and the perfect will of God. And so let me challenge you to take on the hashtag my media fast and say, I'm only going to read news or I may even fast from news for a while. But I think the more effective thing is find news that's more centrally located and challenges our belief systems with truth. If the Holy Spirit wants to guide us into all truth, then finding out how to get to truth is really important. Because sometimes what I think Holy Spirit is telling me is, is truth, I need to have challenged from people around me so I can know that I'm actually not taking what I feel like I'm hearing from wherever outside myself and running it through my perhaps partisan filter. My media fast. Are you willing to try? Why don't you listen to my conversation with Jim Boren first, and then we'll talk more about it as we go along. Love you guys. You're awesome. And remember, God is not mad at you. This is Jim Boren on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. For those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. What knucklehead, mush for brains, evangelical leaders are trying to, uh, to overthrow Trump. It's a special kind of dumb and calling yourself a Christian. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. All right, and welcome to the podcast, everyone. Paul Swearingen here with you, along with our guest today, Jim Boren, who's the executive director of the Institute for Media and Public Trust. There's a name that, that people are going to struggle with right off the bat um, at uh, CSU Fresno here in, uh, in my hometown of Fresno, California. And Jim is also a longtime newspaper guy, worked at uh, the newspaper here in Fresno and others. How long were you in, in the newspaper business, Jim? Uh, 48 years. Uh, I started when I was 19. I did just about every job that there has been. I was a sports writer, an education reporter, investigative reporter, national political reporter, and then retired as the executive editor of the paper. And, and so again, appreciate you being here with us and uh, having, having this conversation. And first, like, how do you feel when you see where the the newspaper and and maybe you know journalism in and of itself has has gone in America do you do you lament it as others do or do you think we're just in sort of a natural transition or how are you seeing this 
Well, and, and thank you, Paul, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate um, the, uh, the conversations you have uh, about all these issues that are important to our community and our nation. Um, so so thank, you, thank you for that. Of course. Yeah, you know, longtime journalism uh, a newspaper person, I, you know, I lament the, the fact of where newspaper business is now. But the fact is things change. And um, with the advent of the internet, um, it changed the world uh, in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of businesses that are struggling now, retailers um, uh, you know, doing, you know, people buy on Amazon and they <clears throat> and have things delivered. And so, you know, those businesses were disrupted just as the newspaper business has been, been disrupted for, for, um, for, for centuries. Uh, the newspaper business was pretty fat and happy. And, um, and then along came the internet because in Fresno, for example, uh, the McClatchy's and the Fresno Bee were the only one that could buy uh, a $48 million printing press. Yeah. You know, now everybody has a printing press. <laughs> this is the printing press. And so it changed everything. And um, because of that, um, the newspaper had to, had to change. And I think it, it did change and, and it's mostly digital now and it has video and doing all those kinds of things. But here's, here, here's the thing. It's, instead of being um, one of a uh, few voices in our community, uh, along with uh, TV and radio stations, um, mass media voices, now there's, there's tons of them. Um, you know, you couldn't do what you're doing today, Paul, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. The technology has allowed us to have a lot of different voices in there. So it's it the impact has been negative on the newspaper business directly, but I think positive in the overall way we gather news. Now, it's also allowed people to get into news silos where they only get the news that they want to hear, only journalism that affirms their political beliefs. And that's really, I don't think, a good thing. I think we really need to have all our ideas tested. And you can't have your ideas tested if you are um, only listening to people that agree with you. Yeah, I, I had some friends on Facebook and they said, I said, you know, everybody, all my Facebook friends agree with all my political opinions. I said, yes, Facebook does that. It's there's <laughs> algorithms that allow that. So you get the same kind of content, you know, you may have great ideas and probably do, but if they're not tested by people who are critics, then you can't hone those ideas. Yeah. You all don't see the holes in those ideas, and you also don't see the great ideas on the other side. So we've gotten in our silos, and I think um, nothing uh, just demonstrates that more than what's happened now in this election. Of course, it's been coming for, for years yeah. uh, in, in, in the various elections, but you know everybody's on one team. And I have a lot of friends on um, um, the Republican side of the aisle um, who are very thoughtful. And I know that they don't agree with a lot of things that are going on, but they have to um, uh, because, you know, they have to support their team. And it's it's similar to the other side uh, uh, with, with the Democrats. And um, so, you know, the Republicans, you know, they've sort of made this deal and they, and, and there's, they're getting, you know, tax credits for corporations and they're getting uh, the Supreme Court justices and the courts that, that they want and believe that, you know, should reflect conservative values. 
um, and that's their point of view. And so that you ignore their other kinds of things. And I think yeah. that's also done on on the left. And we look at we look at our um, we look at our politics now about not about what's best for the country, but what's best for our party. And that's too bad. And I, and I think the thing that's really one of the things that's really dangerous in this, and I, and I do appreciate your recounting the history of the newspaper, and there used to be this idea of, you know, don't get into arguments with people that buy ink by the barrel. And now nobody buys ink by the barrel. And, and like you say, it's it's good that, that kind of anybody can do even what I'm doing here. Uh, excuse me while my phone rings in the background. But, um, but the bad news is there's a whole lot of people that can do what we're doing here. And, uh, and so how do people start to... to have their ideas challenged and know they're getting it from a credible source. And uh, just, you know, we don't have to go into the authenticity of this, but as we're recording this today, I have friends that are absolutely convinced Hunter Biden's computer has been found and it is the smoking gun for Joe Biden being the most criminal man in the history of politics and other friends that are like, that story is complete crap. And there's no, and so how, like a story like that, how can somebody know if they're really getting true reporting or reporting that's coming from a slanted partisan direction? Well, you know, and, and this is one of the things that we do at the Media Institute. We have um, various tips to, to, to verify content, um, and it's on our website at mediaandpublictrust.com. But the, um, you know, get your information, your news and information from a variety of sources. Um, if you believe in... Um, in that in, in crowdsourcing information that that all the information is out there go to all conservative sites liberal sites mainstream sites you know it, to me i read every day um the new york times washington post wall street journal um uh, listen to fox news um go to cnn um, and of course read the read the fresno b and and valley public radio and and all the local um, sites, and I and I try to get my information from a variety of sources. And you can sort of, after a after a a, a while, kind of determine um, <clears throat> who's credible and who's not. And people can make those decisions for themselves. But if you're getting your information from one narrow site that that is is very obscure, doesn't mean that it's not legitimate, but obscure. And that their only the stories on that site are negative toward one party or the other, um, and there's not a general consensus of other kinds of information. They're not covering the world. They're not covering everything else. They're just covering this narrow politics. You 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 should be concerned. Um, there's there's hundreds of fact checking sites, and I um, when we posted our list, we said you know go to various fact check sites. Politi you know, Politico, you know org and factcheck.org and Snopes and others and said so, oh Snopes they're you know they're they're partisan well there's hundreds of them fact check the fact checking sites you right. you have um, there's ways of, of of figuring this out it takes a little work uh, several ideas one of the first things that we tell people uh, at the Media Institute uh, when you're verifying content is check your personal biases at the door because you're going to believe either the worst about someone you detest or don't like um, because of that. And so there might be red flags that the content's false, but you're not going to go any further because, yeah, I know that, that Joe Biden would do that, or I know that President Trump would do that. And so you're, you're not going to go on that. Um, 
check the URLs, uh, contact them. You know, every site has a contact us. If, if they don't respond to that, that's a, that's a red flag. Um, check the bylines of the reporters. Do they, can you email them and will they respond back to you? Are there other stories on the site that are legitimate? Do all the stories in with, uh, you know, three exclamation points and kind of thing. So <laughs> that's a giveaway, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I, I, I do like that. And, and what I, I do read uh, the Washington Post every morning because I just think they're great writers. And uh, but I but I understand many people feel that's a slanted uh, outlet. So in general, the way I look at it is if, if I read something and I'm incensed at what I read or it causes me to react emotionally, then I think, OK, it's like you say, so I'm going to see what Fox says about this. Uh, I'm going to see what the, I usually like check the BBC or USA Today that seem to be a little more in the center. And and it seems to me like through, like you say, checking a bunch of those different resources, you can get a pretty good feel of like, OK, maybe this one is coming from a partisan a partisan angle. Right. And if you look at, say, I think Wall Street Journal is a good one to look at. I think that they're um, they're reporting a straight down the middle. They have a very conservative editorial page and you read the editorial page and you may or may not agree with that. If it fits your politics, uh, you agree with it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I think the news stories, which should be, uh, are, are, are really straight down the middle. And they tend to be very similar um, to news stories that you will see on national sites, um, the LA Times, the New York Times, the Washington Post. Um, and, and others. Wall Street Journal is, is a, a, um, a great newspaper. I'm glad you mentioned BBC. Um, it's a favorite of my students. They really like it because the, the website is very easy to maneuver. I think that we have a lot of <laughs> um, newspaper websites that are pretty darn clunky. <laughs> and one would think, and I'm not going to mention any names, but some of them I, I've, I've, I've been involved with, is that it's very difficult to maneuver around um, those sites. And, you know, five years ago, it might have been acceptable. It's not acceptable today. You should have a cutting edge website. And if you don't, I think you got a real problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, looking around at some at some different things and, uh, you know, uh, you guys started this Institute for Media and uh, Public Trust, and and I, I'm assuming that it was built around this idea of, of hey, we don't know what, what we're trusting in our, our media anymore. And and what's the danger of that for, for our society if we're, we're really struggling to find truth and trust the reporting that we're getting? Well, I think our, our, our it's, it's the heart of our democracy because um, everybody should be able to... to um, <clears throat> have their own political opinions and vote for the people they want. And I think that's great. And I encourage that. And we've always been um, very supportive in any place I've been of, of, uh, of, of voting, whatever the, the positions you take, but the facts that you're basing them on should be relatively, we should, should be acceptable, um, uh, accepted facts. And we, and we don't do that. Uh, now we ch pick and choose our facts. So we had, instead of basing our uh, political opinions on facts, we have our political opinions and then we find facts that are manipulated to quote facts that, that would support our political opinions. So we have it backwards. And when we set up the media institute, um, when I was at the newspaper, these are three things that I knew that I thought I wanted to do when I left uh, journalism, or at least the daily journalism. 
was was create an institute such as this. Um, and so the, the three goals of, of the institute is to increase media literacy in our community, um, develop strategies for identifying fake news, and then bridging that tr trust gap between news consumers and uh, media outlets. And th those are the key things that we've been doing. Um, uh, I, last year, uh, or rather earlier this year, working very closely with Governor Gavin Newsom's office, uh, that had a, had a good conversation with the governor in Sacramento uh, on media literacy and the need for it to be um, um, in our all our school curriculum starting out in in um, in elementary school. So so young people and then and then students understand how to move through um, media literacy and 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 understand what that's all about. Now. We put that on hold a little bit as COVID came along in March and, and, and people went in different directions. We're still working on media literacy um, kinds of things. We think that it ought to be embedded in all the subject matter. You know, <clears throat> we, we, we teach all sorts of things in our schools, um, you know, financial literacy and others. And media literacy is something that students should know about. Um, in fact, uh, everything that they do now is, is, is done, you know, through the computer, computer uh, the internet, and all the other um, related things. So it's a really important to have um, good media literacy and all the studies on media literacy, uh, even among um, older folks for sure, but even among young people that who have grown up with technology, they are not media literate in the, in the, in the way of understanding uh, how content can be manipulated you know, by, by bots and other things that are out there. Yeah, and, and particularly now that we're the network delivering the news to one another uh, through Twitter or Facebook, through our feeds, this is more important than ever. And like you said, I, I think vital to democracy that, that yeah. all, I, I think it's our responsibility <clears throat> to, to make sure that we're making the best choices we can rather than just seeing somebody we hate mentioned and, and sharing that sucker out because that's really dangerous. Yeah, and you know, one of the one of the problems with that is that we get we and and Google allows us or Bing or whatever search engine you might use um, to go find the facts that you want. Yeah, and um, you know, I have friends uh, both conservative and liberal, and both sides pick specific facts to make the point. So they have a point, they go find the facts to support them, and then they post that on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and there be, may be holes in that argument on both sides. Um, and you can't, um, you can't have a conversation with them because they take it as a personal affront. If you say, well, that's not exactly the way I understand it. Um, and, and so, um, and to even to some of our closest friends, this is my problem with Facebook, especially we will say things about people that we would never say to their faces. Right. And, um, you know, and here's the other thing, you know, a liberal or conservative, a U.S. Senator or a Congress person, um, you know, everybody's an idiot you don't agree with. I mean, what does that mean? No, they're not an idiot. <laughs> and it's just, and one, it, it's silly. The second thing, it is really intellectually lazy. And people use that idiot term when they well, about people they don't agree with. Go find the information that shows that that person is wrong about an issue and post that. That that's that's being smart. Just saying he's an idiot or doesn't understand 
So, I mean, both sides are idiots. Well, okay, you know, that's a great debate. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're not getting anywhere. Um, and I'm, I, I re, you know, I remember um, the time when, when conservatives and liberals were um, uh, uh, passionately disagreed, um, but, but could talk to each other. Now you can't be seen talking to somebody that you disagree with. You have to hate. You not only have to disagree with them, you have to hate them. Yeah. I mean, what? When did that happen? I guess when I we just, decided the other side were not just disagreeable, they were evil. Idiots. Yeah. Idiots. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and of course one of the things. Kind of whenever I hear somebody use the term mainstream media, I kind of shut down right away and like, okay, well, I know where yeah. you're coming from. Um, is there, I guess my question is, is there such a thing as the mainstream media? Are, are these media outlets no. getting together and consorting and here's what we're going to report on today to get the president, you know, or? No, I mean, yeah. mainstream, main, mainstream media is Fox News. Mainstream media. It is the most mainstream because it has the most right, viewers, is, right? And, and is, you know, locally KMJ radio. I get what they're trying to say. I think they need to find a better term. What, what I think that the folks who, who blame the quote mainstream media are really saying is they believe that many um, in, in um, um, traditional um, big name newspapers, especially um, tend to be more liberal than, than others. Right. And so, um, say that. That's, I mean, mainstream, because when you say mainstream media, then and I always say, well, what about Fox News? Oh, I'm not talking about them. Um, so, you know, again, it, it's an intellectual laziness. Um, let's call people out on things that you think that they're wrong on and call them out intellectually. Point, make the points that you can. And just as we have... <clears throat> tons of fake news at our fingertips through Google. You have a lot of legitimate news. You can find those sources to make the points that you want, but be thoughtful about it um, and try to, and, 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 and then in the end of the, at the end of the day, um, remember that, that everybody's our friend and you don't have to take personal shots um, at them. And it's just, I, I you know, I know that, um, um, the stuff that you do, Paul, I thought is, is very thoughtful and you believe that, 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 uh, that we ought to have a good public debate on all these kinds of issues. And um, we're getting to the point now, and it's on, it's on both sides, where the only debate that each side wants is their debate, yeah. I, you know, which is not a debate, right? right. It's a debate on both sides. <laughs> We're talking to Jim Boren. He's the executive director of the Institute for Media and Public Trust at California State University, Fresno. And, I, you know, I remember I remember my my dad lived in Stockton and I remember him telling me, hey, there's this guy Rush Limbaugh in Sacramento, this radio guy I love listening to. And and from that point on, Limbaugh, you know, who, who is an extraordinary showman and radio guy really changed media forever, I think. And and you said it, they're, they're the, most of the people in our regular outlets of news tended to be more liberal. So Rush Limbaugh fed something and, and, and it, it met some need for somebody. And we've seen it happen here with KMJ and Fresno and, and Fox News and all those things. But was there a, le 
a legitimate beef, you think? I mean, you've lived throughout. Did did right-wingers have a legitimate beef that they weren't represented in media and they needed to invent their own? Or was it something else? I don't know. How do you yeah, see no, that, I mean, that I, transformation? No, I, 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 think that's, I think that's correct, Paul. Um, Rush Limbaugh was an incredible showman, uh, ha, you know, is and has been oh, oh, through his career. And the way he took off, has a lot to do with with how smart he was in using um, talk radio, but also it wouldn't have happened had he there not been a need for that kind of uh, of uh, of pent up kind of frustration with what with what they call the mainstream media. So um, nothing wrong with that. I have you know I have some really good friends over at um, KMJ. We don't always um, agree on issues, although. Surprisingly, there's several issues that we do agree on. And so um, there is a lot of common ground, I think, among people. But um, the other thing I think is that <clears throat> because media were so um, um, isolated, and that's one of my big criticisms of, about media, that, um, that there was this frustration in, in the public. And I think we're still seeing that um, you know, I think that this, um, what Donald Trump does with the fake media and his chants and, and talking about um, that individual reporters are, uh, don't have any ethics or other kinds of things, I think that that play wouldn't have, 20 years ago, wouldn't have happened because I think the credibility, which was much higher for a lot of different reasons. We weren't such a divided country um, and s some other things. But, um, you know, and I've, I've said that all along is that newspaper editorial pages, um, they can be conservative or liberal um, uh, in their editorials, which they should be, they should take a position. Um, but they also should have liberal columnists and, and, and uh, mainstream columnists and conservative columnists. And I think that we don't see enough of that on newspaper editorial pages. And that's where we ought to see it. So what you end up doing is you have to go to a conservative site to hear conservative opinions and a liberal site to get liberal opinions. And the whole idea of a newspaper was that it was a general circulation newspaper that everybody came to and they should have all those opinions on the, um, uh, on the opinion page. And, um, you know, I'm very, I'm highly critical of, um, of, um, of newspapers in California. Let's put it that way that do not have, um, uh, mostly do not have conservative columnists on their opinion page, regular conservative columnists. I mean, they let them write it, at a, you know, letters to the editor, they'll allow them to have a, another voice in, a, in, a, in an op-ed, but not on a regular basis. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's too bad. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and I am worried what happens if we, you know, get so far apart that, one side or the other disappears and we end up with one party. I think these things have to pull yeah. against each other. But I, I actually, I, one of the early blogs I wrote in what I do was talking about, I, I was, I, w I think the title of the blog is I was healed of a Rush Limbaugh addiction. Yeah, I, I was a two hour, three hour a day Rush Limbaugh listener and just on a spiritual journey had a feeling of like, this is, this is maybe hurting my soul a little bit. And and I guess the danger of what a, what a Rush Limbaugh does, or and, and I guess I feel it in right-wing media, and it may be the same on the left, but the, it's the demonization. It's like we don't agree. We, we don't disagree. We, 
we we have good guys and really really bad evil guys and and i think that has been something that's been really damaging to our culture that the people i disagree with and and you use the word idiots but i mean i now they're they're satanic baby eating cabals i mean right. the the right. other side is something so evil and and playing on that and even in our friends at kmj here you know playing on those emotional buttons 24/7 i think have been been damaging would you agree with with that no it, it, it has been and i think that and that's and that's too bad and because it gets uh, your ratings and advertisement i get it but it's still yeah it's I, I guess but you know it's starting to, you know i think those ratings are starting to level off now okay. um because i think people have really been overexposed to that but it still does push those buttons and the fact is is that um, the uh, the opinion hosts on fox for example they find the issue of the day and really pound on it and they and and they they drive those ratings Nothing um, wrong with that, uh, as long as it, you know they're adhering, their opinions adhering to the basic facts. Sometimes that's not the case, but that's sometimes not the case on the other side, also. Well, and I think you, something you hit on there a little bit is is the difference between editorial and news. Can or, or do we need people to learn what the difference is between the two? Yeah, and you know the, and I was editor of the paper for years, and 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 people would say, well. Um, your 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 news stories are biased, and and I said, well, tell, show me a biased news story, and um, usually what they're complaining about um, was they didn't like the topic that you wrote about. For example, if you were writing about corruption at City Hall, and 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 one side was um, was part of that uh, was was somehow connected to that community, they didn't think that was fair and therefore you could, shouldn't write about it. There was a lot of criticism about stories about um, developers in Fresno and we know what happened to that with the, um, you know, with Operation Rezone and, and other kinds of things. Um, but it's, you know, it's always in the eye of, eye of the beholder. Um, you know, I, when I was on the editorial page and somebody I said, somebody called me up one time and said, um, your editorial's biased. And I go, well, thank you. <laughs> it's, well, it's an opinion. It's supposed to be biased. That's what it is. You have a chance to write a letter to the editor. Um, and, and I tried to get um, um, conservative um, uh, columnists on our pages on a regular basis. And I think that's really important. Um, and, you know, Oftentimes, people's view of the of the media depends on where they're coming from. For example, I was also, um, you know, I thought we were pretty much down the center. But liberal groups in Fresno would call and really castigate the B for for being in the bed with the Chamber of Commerce, being in bed with developers, um, um, uh, being in bed with farmers, and then of course farmers on the other side, and developers. And others would say, "Well, wait a minute, you're you're too liberal." And um, our position didn't change. It was it was the people who were calling. So you know, so it was more about what their positions were than our positions. And um, you know, and they they talked about, and I think we're, we were pretty straight, you know, down the middle. We talked about you know the president. You know, this is a conservative community. Yeah, but it's I, I, it's it's in some in some cases. But keep in mind, Hillary Clinton 
by a wide margin carried Fresno County uh, in 2016. Yeah. Um, the city of Fresno generally is pretty liberal. Um, as you get into the county areas, it gets it gets more. But the county itself well, it was carried by uh, uh, by Hillary Clinton. Um, now, as we got into the other surrounding counties, Donald Trump did very well um, and carried most of those counties. Uh, so he carried most of inland California, but except maybe Fresno. Hi, everybody. It's Paul. Thanks for letting me interrupt this podcast for just a moment. How are you feeling? Are you getting challenged in your media? Are you willing to start to think about what a My Media Fast would look like? Hashtag My Media Fast. Are you willing to take that risk to see if it'll help you feel better and know that what you're reading is more true and challenging of your belief system so you can be transformed by the renewal of your mind? Check it out and think. One other thing I want to ask you as I'm having this conversation is if you appreciate the nonpartisan evangelical podcast and the message that we're putting out there, would you be willing to put a little money into that? And by little, I mean a little. The nonpartisan evangelical Patreon community at our Patreon website gives you the opportunity to spend a little money into the nonpartisan evangelical world. Helps me buy equipment, pay for some social media help, do some things like that. If you go to my website, nppodcast.com, click the button in the upper right-hand corner, it'll tell you how to do it. It's really, really simple. And for doing it, here's a couple of things you'll get. If you sign up at the $5.99 a month level, the lowest level we offer, um, you're going to get access to my audiobook series. I'm taking my novel, Joseph Comes to Town, When the Religious Right Becomes Religiously Wrong. Wrote this novel last year, and I just love it. It's my vision of what Jesus would say to the right-wing evangelical church where you're on earth today. Love for you to have that in audiobook form. I'm putting it out in series segments just to keep enticing people and give me time to put it together well. If you sign up at the $12.99 level, which is our second level up, I'll send you an autographed copy of that novel, the paperback version. Be glad to do that. Then if you sign up at at higher levels, you can sign up at $26.99 or $100 a month if you really feel like you want to be supportive of this. And we have all kinds of goodies. We give t-shirts and other coffee mugs and swag and stuff like that. Mostly, I would just love for you to want to be part of the community. Oh, by the way, at any level you sign up, you get to be a part of our private Facebook group where I share some things that I don't share anywhere else. Go to nppodcast.com, click on that Patreon button. Now, let's consider more of how we find truth in media in my conversation with Jim Boyle. I think one of the things that that really bothers me about how President Trump does this and follows uh, and his followers sort of go along with that is, like you said, I think democracy needs the media. The the democracy needs a dispassionate viewer of what's happening and and willing to call it out and say, this is not okay. And and I, I have a wife who was an elected official in Fresno, and there were times she felt the Fresno Bee was extremely unfair to what she did. And, and I got a few calls. I'm sure you did. And, and hopefully she did what, my, what I advised her to do, which was always say, hey, I, I honor your role 
in the city. You are important and you're so important. I'm going to tell you when you get it wrong. And sometimes I may tell you in loud voice, but I'm still going to honor what you are. And and I think I think he dishonors that role and thus weakens democracy when when our elected officials can just say everything's fake news and and get people to jeer at media. I think I think we really put our democracy in peril. Yeah, and the you know the other the other problem with that is to me is um, it's one thing you know to say well you know it's fake news. Well, okay, tell me how. Tell me what you don't like. Let's talk about that. I think when I was editor of the paper, the worst thing in the world could be if nobody called me. If everybody thought I was doing a great job, you know. But I'd get calls from the left and the right depending on the story um, regularly. I mean, my email and voicemail, and I was I was one that. Um, I always picked up my phone. I never um, uh, had somebody else answer my phone. The only time I didn't pick it up if I was either on it or I wasn't there, so it would go to voicemail. But I, I call people back. And um, and I think that's really important to be um, accessible. But it's, you know, um, I don't mind the criticism of the newspaper. if They say, look, you were wrong and this is why. You didn't have the full story. If you would have talked to this person, you would have known that, that other person wasn't exactly right. Okay. And they may have been right. I mean, we, you know, we made mistakes. There's no doubt about it. Um, and we did, we tried to correct them. And I think that that's important, you know, and, and, and when, uh, when, um, uh, Ashley called as mayor, um, you know, and, and, you know, I would listen because I know that, um, she would not call unless she was really upset and thought that we didn't get it right. And, um, Usually when we didn't get it right, we probably didn't get the full story by not talking to everybody and maybe went off and um, talked to a few people. So, you know, every day I, I always thought, well, there's a self-correcting mechanism here. We add to that story and give make that story fuller. If we were wrong, we just say it. We do these setting of straights and say we were wrong. Um, and then we allow people um, to write letters to the editor and to criticize us. Um, I don't know any business in our community that would allow, you know, a, um, a grocery store to say in the front of the store is that um, you guys sell bad produce and put that on the front window of their, of their market. Um, but newspapers do that. And I think they should do that because um, they need to be accessible. And, and we have a special, uh, all media have a special, um, part of, you know, is the First Amendment, one of the five freedoms in the First Amendment, you know, of a free press. And that's why it's really important. And I, I think elected officials ought to say the same. Uh, if if we make a mistake, it should be out there. The, the people should know it and we should work to own it and correct it. And so I think that can be a good symbiotic relationship. Yeah. One of the things we're seeing in Fresno now is media. That is, you, you talked about developers. We actually have a fairly prominent media outlet that is funded by a developer. We, you know, these the media is now being funded by people with a particular take on things. And I mean, what is what is the opportunity or danger of that in in our culture? <clears throat> well, I mean, I there there is an obvious potential problem if if and you're referring to to Granville Holmes owner Darius Asimi and GV Wire, I think, right? I think so, um, yeah. Um so if they were writing stories all the time about um how um the business 
community is not getting a fair shake and all those kinds of things. I think that is, they would be open to criticism. My reading of the, of the, of the, of the GV wire right now and um, is, is that I think that they do a pretty good job of covering the community. They cover a lot of issues. They, they write about government and they write about um, um, schools a lot. And, um, and I think that they, they, they do it pretty well. Uh, several of the people working there used to work with me at, at, um, at the newspaper. Um, you know, they don't always get it right, but it's not because I think that they're trying not to get it right. We all make mistakes and it's a human um, endeavor. Um, I think that if, uh, if, um, if GV Wire were a, um, uh, were a, a, a publication that only covered uh, Granville Homes and, um, and said what a lousy job um, uh, the city council is doing with the general plan or other kinds of things, that would, that would be an issue. And I'm, you know, and I would, I would also be critical of them, um, you know, if they got too deeply into planning and issues that affected, you know, the industry that supports them. Um, but I think, and, and there may be, there may be stories that I haven't seen or haven't um, focused on that, that did that. But here's the, here's the problem. If, 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 um, Barry um, Sassimi starts a, a website in Fresno because he sees a need for whatever reason. You know, he has more influence locally because it's a smaller community. But think about Jeff Bezos, you know, owns Amazon, you know, runs the Washington Post. And no one, you know, except maybe the president says, uh, um, Bezos is manipulating what's going on with the um, um, with the Washington Post. I think the Washington Post covers a lot of issues that I think Bezos, um, as a as a business person, probably uh, winces a little bit, um, and and they've done some stuff on on him. So you know, um, I think you need you need to take each of these cases one by one. Um, I knew that it would be it would be tricky for the GV wire to to get its footing in a way. I think it's starting to do that. I don't know, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think as you're talking, I'm even thinking what you were saying at the beginning. You know, read it, get the information, and then go compare it with whatever other resources you can get. I I think there is some danger knowing the history of Fresno and the development community of Fresno. It it does make me leery of the purpose of of GV wire and what they're doing. But, but as of yet, I guess you're right. We haven't seen it be, be fully biased in that direction, but I do think you're going to have to read it and understand that potential and, and then compare it with something else that you can compare it with. Um, and, and a good comparison with the Washington post. And even the fact that that many of us probably look at Apple news or Google news and, and it's, it's laying out the headlines for us on a daily basis. So again, somebody is controlling that mechanism of what news is is getting to us, and we have to make sure we're able to break out of of that alg algorithm. I guess. Yeah, and I think that if, especially in the case of um, locally in GV Wire, compare what GV Wire the stories and compare those to the Fresno Bee, what they do on the same subject. Compare those to what Valley Public Radio does, and 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 what maybe is going on at. Um, uh, at KMJ, um, you have many voices, and I think that it's better to have more voices than fewer voices. Yeah, 
Yep, yep. Um, but you have, but you have to be a critical um, news consumer, um, and and use your critical thinking skills. Um, and if you think that um, that maybe you know there's a certain bias because of who the owner is, then take that into account. Um, I haven't really seen it. Um, if someone wants to point something out to me, um, I'd take a look at it. But I haven't really seen it. That's good perspective. I do. You think anybody just makes stuff up on the national level? I, I mean, I. I think it's really fun when there's a big story breaking to go to Fox and then go to MSNBC and go, the, these guys are on two different planets about what's going on. Are any of them just making stuff up out there, you think? Well, no, I don't think there are, although there's been there's been celebrated occasions when, when you know, reporters made up sources to, to write stories and more, mostly out of being lazy and, and having a more dramatic source, but that's few and far between. I mean, the last, I mean, it's been, you know, there's a couple of them and they made movies about them um, in the last 30 or 40 years. So it's not a, it doesn't happen um, all the time. And in, in <clears throat> if you look at what Fox news reports on their, in their news, on their news side, it's pretty straightforward. You know, the, the problem with, Fox News is that most of it is is their opinion folks, and they don't really say, "Hey, we're these are opinion, these aren't facts." And they, um, and 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 I think viewers tend to meld them together, and even critics say that that's you know Fox News. Um, and they have the breaking news banner all the time, and you know all of those things. Well, because remember, in March, you know, um, COVID was a hoax yeah. on Fox. News. It was it was it was created. It's no worse than the flu, and it was created. Um, to hurt President uh, Trump. Uh, and that was, in fact, you know, some of their hopes are you know, almost still saying it now, not quite. They've kind of gotten away from it. And uh, even Sean Hannity now says, well, I didn't really say that, but, you know, there's plenty of clips out there <laughs> if you want to go look, Google it. I think it was Yogi Bear that once said, I didn't say all the things I said. And so that, that can probably work. <laughs> so how is the Institute going at, at uh, Fresno State? And, uh, and are you, you making a difference in helping people? We're doing, we're doing great. I think that we've had several programs that, that, that talked about First Amendment, media transparency, and we've held people's uh, on fake news and help, help people's feet to the fire. We've just created a program along with um, the journals department at Fresno State, Fresno City College, and uh, and the No, uh, which is the Youth Leadership Institute. Um, to it's a, a five-year training and mentoring program for students of color to get newsrooms in Fresno area to look more like our community, to represent the diversity of our community. And we're gonna pay them three, these students um, in the program for five years, um, $300 a month till they, till they get out of uh, Fresno State with a degree. And we think that they'll be trained enough that, that people will hire them. So um, that's a great thing. We've gotten a lot of support on that. We've got several grants, um, some big name, um, national foundations are very interested in us and um, we're um, um, we're really pleased about the effort and how it's been embraced and i think it's an important time in our history to realize that we need to have um, um, uh, journalists who reflect the community that they serve and um, we've said that a lot we said that my entire career you know at, at the b um, and we never um, we never achieved that, and so um, 
um, the Media Institute. And, and one of the things that I'm going to do before my career ends is to, to do some small part to help move that um, needle in a, in a direction that's positive. Uh, fabulous. And what resources do you have for people if they want to find out more? Uh, well, you, you could go to our uh, Media Institute website at uh, mediaandpublictrust.com. We post there regularly. Uh, send me an email, jboren at uh, csufresno.edu. I'll respond to you. Um, and maybe you can post up um, that information on, 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 the, on the podcast. Love to hear from people, suggestions for programs, um, things that they think the media um, are doing wrong and you'd like to have questions. You know, I'm trying to sort things out. I've become sort of a, I mean, a kind of a go-to person on uh, media issues in the region, uh, and that's good. So, um, um, you know, I want to I want to call media out. I also will defend them when they when I believe they need to be defended. Good. Yeah, I think a course on when to share on social media would be a good one. That's what, that's what we, we need to get people. I can't tell you how many times people share something and I'm like, hey, you know, that's not true. And they're like, oh, well, it, you know, right. it, it's 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 close enough to being true. You know, well, if you go to our website, we have eight, eight tips. So you won't be embarrassed by what you share on your social media sites. Good and we, we talked a little bit about them. Uh, uh, earlier, um, when we when we discussed uh, some of those some of those tips, like like you know, putting your personal biases at at, at, the, at the door and fact checking, and uh, and checking on the web websites and the various links. So um, we're really excited about what we're doing um, at the Media Institute. You know, we've only been in operation for two years. We're on the front end of this. I think that um, we're the only one in this region doing that. I think some of these programs, no one else is doing them across the country. So I, I'm, I'm real positive about where we are. Um, and we've had really a lot of generous contributions from community members. The fact that somebody is willing to write a $50 check to us and say, hey, you know, keep doing um, uh, well for, for our community. I, I love that. Um, and, you know, we've, we've raised um, in the two years, you know, over a quarter of a million dollars. Um, we've had some large donors, but a lot of really small donors. So um, uh, now we need to raise money, obviously, for this, this mentoring program for journalists of color because um, we're paying them $300 yeah. a month. So, you know, that's a $22,000 a year increase and it increases as we added a, add a cohort. So it goes from 22 to 44 to, to 66, like do the math. So, but we're going to continue to raise money. We think it's, it's worth it. We're going to have great returns. It's going to make us a better community. And um, I think that uh, uh, people um, appreciate uh, that kind of commitment to change. And last thing, and we'll, we'll finish with this. Have you looked into uh, mental health in, involvement in all of this? I, as as I stepped out of media and into pastoring, and, and like I said, wrote this my blog about the impact that I felt right wing media was having on me spiritually and interpersonally with people. Um, do you have advice for people that I, I used to tell people like? stop listening to right-wing media for five days and just see how you feel and see if you don't feel better. And invariably, if somebody tried it, they would come back and go, you know, I kind of feel better. I'm a little less angsty. Are you guys yeah, delving yeah. into that at all? Well, we're talking a little bit about, you know, um, mental health as it relates to all that's going on in 2020. Yeah. 
this this is a year we just like to toss, right? Um, between COVID and then then all the divisions because of this um, intense election. And um, you know, I I people ask me says I don't want to read the media anymore, and I said you just as you say, you know, take some time off because it's serving me, and I said take five days off from all media. Yeah you're going to be able to catch up. The news cycle turns so fast, you're going to be able to catch up. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough time um, for all of us. And I know that, um, that I, get, I get depressed about where we are and what we're doing and, and how, you know, some of my friends, um, you know, I, I've got friends that I was elementary school friends with, played ball with, you know, through elementary school and little league and high school. And they barely talk to me now because, you know, we disagree um, on, on some political issues. I mean, how can that, how can that be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I take as much responsibility for that. Cause I, I believe that I need to find ways to find that common ground on issues that are, that are important. But, um, you know, this election is going to come and go whatever outcome and there's going to be another election and another election. And we, we have to realize that, um, that, that, um, you know, uh, faith and, 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 and our family and our community are the most important things and don't get too caught up in everything. Um, you know, clearly, you know, you need to be a good citizen, uh, in our community and in our, in our nation and do, um, the right thing. But, um, um, Sometimes you just need to take a break from from all the hubbub. Um, you know, you go into a bunker, let it fly over for a couple of days, and then come back out. Sometimes I wish I were a turtle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Jim Boren, appreciate you being with us and having this discussion with us today. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Okay, you've heard our conversation. What do you think? Are you willing to fast your normal media to find something that will more challenge you and lead you into truth rather than into an echo chamber of what you've always known and heard of defending your own team? Hashtag my media fast. Are you willing to take a week and say, I'm going to listen to something different. I'm going to read from different resources. I'm going to find, I'm going to take the effort to find facts and not just information that supports my viewpoint. If you're willing to do it, I would love for you to put on social media uh, to connect to the nonpartisan evangelical and use the hashtag MyMediaFast. And then just say, I'm going to find some other resources than what I normally use to find my news information. I'm not saying don't be informed. I think being informed and civically engaged is important, but making sure you're getting real truth. MyMediaFast. Hashtag my media fast. Love for you to join in. Again, remember, you can join our Patreon community by going to nppodcast.com, clicking that Patreon button in the upper right-hand corner. It can tell you how you get access to our audiobook series, to our private NPE Facebook group, and at a little higher level, a free autographed copy of my novel, Joseph Comes to Town, When the Religious Right Goes Religiously Wrong. I bless you to be who you are. Your gifts are vital for impacting the world. That's really what the NPE podcast is all about, to tell you God is not mad at you. In fact, he thinks you're pretty darn incredible. So go out and change the world for the better. We'll talk to you again soon on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast, 
at npepodcast.com.